Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. This is Mark Taylor, and welcome to Crosspoint. I have more than one guest with me today, but first we're going to be talking with Eric McTaxis. He's a talk show host. He's an author. He's here today to talk about a new version of his popular book that he wrote, Letters to the American Church. It's now on video, and that's what we're going to be talking about when we start Crosspoint today. Well, folks, with us today, we've got Eric McTaxis with us. Eric wrote a book entitled Letter to the American Church. We talked about that here a while back, of course. But now he's done a documentary that uh, is even more eye-opening, and it really puts it right out in front of you. And so, Eric, I know that you kind of felt called to do this documentary, this video. You believe that we're kind of like in a spiritual war, don't you? And then God's hand was actually upon this to use this in a special way? Yes, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. To me, this is very exciting because... You know, a lot of times we're thinking, in a funny way, we've been so blessed in America, we have not seen the spiritual battle raging in the heavenlies. And in the last few years, we've seen it. We've begun to see that there is a thing called evil. We're not immune to it any more than uh, Germany was immune to it in the 1930s. And it is God's will that his people, his church, would be engaged in the spiritual war. And so when I wrote the book letter to the American church, I really sensed this is God's message that he's trying to wake us up, that exactly what happened to the Germans in Germany in the 30s is happening here. It's the same thing with different, uh, you know, costumes, but it's, it's evil. It is the satanic evil, and it is at war with God's values, with God's principles. It's at war with God himself, and it's at war with God's people. And we have to be awake to it. And, and in the past, uh, you know, the German church was not awake to it. They really uh, said, oh, we're going to take a pass. We're just, we're just going to do church. We don't want to get involved in this controversial stuff. Well, God had called them to do that, and they didn't do it. And I see the same thing happening, and it is why I wrote the book, Letter to the American Church. And when I spoke about it at a church uh, in California, a couple of Hollywood veterans, really, who were in the audience, uh, in, the, in the congregation, said, we've got to make a documentary film. This needs to be a documentary film. And I had no idea... I had no inkling that this book could be turned into a documentary film, and so I, I, I was excited, and they have done an amazing, amazing job. I mean, it's a great film. It's not A lot of documentaries can be not so wonderful. This is fantastic. It's the same title, Letter to the American Church, and I am just excited because the, it's either God's message or it's garbage, you know, and if it's God's message, I want to push it out to anybody who can possibly uh, hear it, uh, and see it, and so it's uh, the the people can go to the website letterstoamericanchurch.com because there's a lot of stuff you can see there. Uh, it's releasing on Epoch TV, E P O C H, like Epoch Times, EpochTV.com, uh, and it is you know to my mind this is what God is doing in our generation. This is an exciting thing to wake up the church in a way that frankly we've not been awakened. There are a lot of churches that are still sleeping, and I, I think that when you see this film. You know, you're going to say, I don't want to go to church like that. I want to go to a church that is in the battle, that understands the role of the church uh, in our culture and, and, and the role uh, of our church in the world. It is to live out our faith, not to talk about our faith, 
It's not just to know our faith in our head, to, to live it out. And we have an opportunity, and I believe that's God's call. And, of course, I've watched the documentary, and I believe every church in America should show the documentary. And and I know you pointed out with something very interesting in there that it was about Bonhoeffer that you just mentioned. And, of course, you wrote a book about Bonhoeffer. But, you know, his voice was one of the main ones that stood up against the tyranny. But you had shown where there was like about 18,000 churches in Germany at that time, 3,000 kind of took the stance against Hitler, 3,000 just stood with Hitler. But those 12,000 in the middle, if they would have yes. shifted and went over to the other side with yes. what people like Bonhoeffer, that could have stopped the that regime from moving forward. Blowing. When I discovered this, it was in the, in the course of writing letters to the American church that I discovered this. I didn't know this when I wrote my Bonhoeffer book. Those numbers you just quoted, I said, this is amazing. Just to repeat it so people understand, and it's the same thing today. You, you've got in Germany, a group of Christians, Bonhoeffer at the lead, said, we've got to stand against what the Nazis are doing. And, you know, without getting into the details, it boiled down to the Nazis were trying to take over the church, trying to take over the whole culture, including the church, infiltrating the church with Nazi doctrine. You say, how could that be? Well, the fact is, they don't advertise it as such. Evil never says, I'm evil. You know, it just it pretends to be on the side of the good, just as, you know, uh, you've got people today saying, oh, we care about racism or we care about this. Or that. They don't care about any of that stuff. They're just using it to gain power. And so the German church was unprepared in dealing with this evil. But Bonhoeffer and a number of people said we need to stand against it. So you have about 18,000 Lutheran pastors in Germany, 3,000 of whom, you just said it, stood firmly against the Nazis. Uh, they, they were willing to pay the price, willing to live out their faith as though they actually believed it, which is exactly what God calls us to do, 3,000 of the 18,000. On the other end of the spectrum, there were 3,000 Lutheran pastors who were totally pro-Hitler, totally like today, that would be totally woke, uh, pro-government, completely misunderstanding everything about the Scripture. There were about 3,000 of those of the 18,000 in Germany. So you get 3,000 good guys, heroes, 3,000 villains, and in the middle, and you just said it, 12,000 that said, you know what, we don't need to choose. We're going to stay right here in the middle. We're just going to play this religious game. We're going to just do church. We're not going to get involved. We're just going to stay in the middle. We think it's safe, and we think we have a uh, some kind of a theological excuse for not weighing in, for not getting involved in this battle. And they, they were fooled by, you know, just quote, quoting Romans 13, you know, oh, we're supposed to do whatever it is. That, that is... That is the devil twisting scripture and theology to get to convince people to do nothing. And so 12,000 pastors in Germany, 12,000 churches said, we're going to stay in the middle. We're going to be neutral in this battle. And the point is that if any number of those 12,000 had stepped up, if, if just three or 4,000 of those 12,000 had said, you know what, we're going to join Bonhoeffer and the 3,000 heroes, we need to stand up. If any number of those quote-unquote neutral churches had said, we cannot be neutral, the devil owns this neutral ground, this is not neutral ground, we've been fooled, we're going to step up. If they had joined the 3,000 heroes, it would have been a completely different situation. And Bonhoeffer knew it. It's why he fought so hard to wake up the church, because he knew the church was the only thing in that culture that had the power to stand against the Nazis. And just like in America today, the, the American Church has the power given to us by God in our culture 
to be a loud voice, to be a powerful voice. And if we don't use that voice, if we say, well, I don't want to be involved, I'm just going to be neutral, we are giving the devil the ground. We are basically saying we, we don't uh, we don't want to contest this. And what happened in Germany is such a nightmare because of the neutrality, not because of the, the evil pastors, not because of the woke pastors today. No, it's those who are just kind of drifting along and saying we don't want any controversy. We're just going to preach the gospel. We're not going to we're not going to weigh into any of that stuff. That is not biblical. And if it's not biblical, we know what it is. It's from the pit of hell. It's it's the devil's way of using uh, confused people who are theologically confused, people who don't want to fight, uh, to to use their passivity, their fear, whatever it is, to have his views pushed into American culture and into American politics. And the Church needs to wake up to what is happening in exactly the way the German Church did not wake up. And that's why I wrote a letter to the American Church. That's why we made this film, which, by the way, is free to churches. Any church that wants to have a screening for free in their church, we've made that available. You just got to go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. If you go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, you will see there uh, all the information so that your church can have uh, a free screening. And I want to say, if your church is not interested in a free screening, my question is, why are you interested in going to that church? Because the hour is late. And you just said it from what I was thinking. You have other people on this documentary. One of them's Charlie Kirk. And I noticed Charlie just kept saying, this is a satanic battle that we're in. And then you talked about how most of the churches are afraid to offend, but it's going to take a courageous church. That's what's going to be able to stop this. But then you make a pretty strong statement in there. And you said, if you're not going to a church that will talk about what's going on in America, about the issues of the day, if you're attending a church that will not speak out against the evils in society, then get out of that church. That's pretty strong. I, I beg people. I beg people for their own souls to get out of that church. If you were going to a church in Germany in the 1930s that was not standing against the Nazis, your soul is in danger. It's a scary thing. How many Christians thought, oh, I'm just going to church. You're going to a church that refuses to do God's will at a time when evil is rising and you say, well, we don't do that in our church. Well, if you don't do that in our church, I want to ask you why, because it, biblically, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to speak against evil of every kind. You're supposed to be a force for good, not just in your head, but in reality, in your culture, in your community. Uh, it is an urgent, urgent time in which we live. Now, tell people here before we go out of this first segment how they can go about, you know, getting more information on this. Maybe they won't even get the book as well, but they want to find out when this documentary comes out how they can be a part of it. What do they need to do? Well, if they can just remember the title, Letter to the American Church. Uh, com is the website. You can sign your church up for free screening there. com will have other information. We put out a study guide if people want to study the book uh, in their home study groups. Uh, there's a study guide, Let's the American Church study guide. But I just feel everybody needs to get involved and understand we're in this together. The Lord has called us to this battle. So if you can just remember the title, that's the website. All right. Well, folks, stay with us. We're going to be back with the second part in just a moment. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. 
Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. With me today, we've got Eric Metaxas, and uh, Eric's no stranger to radio, of course. He's, uh, over the years, the last few years especially, got pretty strong addressing things that are going on in our society, wrote the book, Letter to the American Church. Now they put a documentary together uh, full of all kinds of information. If I believe right, it's a little over an hour. Is that right, Eric? It's about an hour long, and it is so well made. I just want to say, folks, uh, it's a great film. The folks who made it, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a writer. So I can recommend my book in terms of the writing. But this film is so well done, and there's so many voices in it that some you'll know, some you won't. But they are all experts on these different things, and they weigh in. And to me, it's just exciting that God gave uh, these filmmakers the idea to make Letter to the American Church a film, because that was not my idea. I'm just thrilled that it is so, it's, it's, a, it's gripping. It's just incredibly well done. You know, it's a lot of documentaries are not that gripping. This is, this is gripping. I'm excited. Yeah, you also talk in there about, you know, it's not about winning, but it's obedience to God. So do you believe that God is waking up a, a good portion of the, of the American church? Well, it's funny. I have a book coming out in April, which is the sequel to this book. And the book that's coming out in April is called Religionless Christianity. It's the sequel to Letter to the American Church. And in there, one of the last chapters I talk about, if you had gone to George Washington and asked him in 1776, right in the beginning, hey, hey, George, how do you think it's going? You know, it's kind of like if you're asking us today, like, hey, how's it going in this battle? Which way do you think it's going to go? If you had asked George Washington in 1776, how's it going? I think he would have said it's not going well at all. But I believe that providence is with us in the cause of liberty, and that if we fight, if we're willing to fight, if we're willing to take casualties, if we're willing to pay the price and fight, that the Lord will give us the victory. I can't guarantee it, but I know that if we don't fight, we will not get the victory. God has called us to this battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. And and so, you know, if you'd ask George Washington then, how does he think it's going to go? I don't think he would be fighting unless he thought they had the possibility of victory. But he knew that this is a war. This is not going to be easy. And he also knew that if the Lord was not with them, they would not win. So the Lord has to be with you, and you have to lean on the Lord. But you have to have confidence that the Lord wants us to do our part. And if we do our part and we fight for what is right to the best of our ability, that He will, his will is to give us the victory. And whether we get the victory or don't, we better be uh, about doing our Father's business in the meantime, and then He will decide the outcome. But I do believe that is His will, and I, I'm, I'm excited by the circumstances that the way the book came out, the reception of the book, the study guide, and then this documentary, I feel that the Lord is in this, because this is not something that I worked up. This is just my sense is that this, this is God's will, and, you know, to answer your question, um, yeah, he is waking up his remnant. There are people that were not awake a year or two ago or three that they, they are waking up. They're seeing what's going on and thinking, you know what? I missed it. I thought I could just sit this one out. I can't sit this out. I can't live with myself if I sit this out and pretend that what I do doesn't matter. It, you know, people who don't get involved, a lot of them are cynical and selfish. They just don't really care. Uh, and I think Scripture commands us to care. It says love your neighbor. We're supposed to love our neighbors and do good, um, you know, for people we'll never meet. And so if you don't care about an open southern border, you don't care about transgender lunacy being taught to little kids, if you don't care about that stuff, 
that's a dark place to live. The Lord wants us to care about that and wants us to do what we can. And so I, I really believe it is his call. It is not some political thing. It involves politics, but ultimately it's God's calling on his church, just as speaking up against the Nazis was God's calling uh, to his church at the time, which they did not heed, and that's what's the chilling. When I was watching the documentary, the, you know, we talked about how fears used, how crises are created, how poison voices are shut off, which all sounds familiar with what's going on in society. And then in there, you talked about it's going to get worse fast if it's not stopped now. So you believe the urgency of what's going on that this documentary could, you know, contribute to that to wake up people to the urgency of what's really going on in our country. That's exactly why we made this this documentary film. It's why I wrote the book, and it's why we made the film, because this is urgent. And I say this, I mean, if I can scare people into actions, like I want to warn people, hey, this is real. This is not theoretical. If you do nothing, God is a judge. He is calling us to step up and to say, Lord, use me. Lord, send me. Lord, what is my role in this battle? He's not going to call us to do things he didn't create us to do. He's created us to do what each of us has been created to do. It's not the same in every case. Not everybody's going to write a book or make a film or what, you know, but everybody's called to speak the truth and to say, Lord, show me your will for me. And the first thing I would say is you need to be part of a church that takes this seriously. If you're going to a church that just says, oh, this is a, these are side issues, I'm here to tell you these are not side issues. And again, many Christians in Germany were fooled by the devil into thinking that all this stuff, the side issue, we're just going to do church. Well, God was trying to say, no, this is not a side issue. If you're my church, if, if you call me uh, Lord, I expect you to, to step up and to live out your faith. If you're not living out your faith, maybe it's because you have no faith. And I have to say that that's, to me, the message to the American church right now, that, that we are called by God to live out our faith, to put faith into action. The Scripture says, faith without works is dead. That was I was going to title the book, Faith Without Works is Dead, because I really believe a lot in the American church. They just think, well, I just believe some stuff, and that's it, I'm saved. That is not biblical, folks. That is not biblical. You're supposed to live out your faith. Scripture says that over and over and over again. And that's what this book and this film is, is all about, is getting the church to see that, to engage. Uh, and really, it's a joyous calling. The Lord doesn't call us to something grievous. He calls us to something beautiful, that we're, we're, we're doing what He's called us to do. And to miss that, is the greatest tragedy I could think of. So I, I, to me, this is a, it's an exciting moment for the American church if the American church will decide to be the church and not just play church. And you talk a lot in there, too, about how they redefine things, especially religious liberty and how that's misrepresented out there and the dangers for religious leaders being silent, especially on political issues. People, you know, in these churches don't want to take, but if the times come to do something that they've not been doing, that's obvious. But you want Christians to be more aware that God is God, and we need to quit giving room to the devil and stand up and be who we are in Christ. Or is that kind of the way it is? Well, yeah. I mean, when, when people start saying to you, like, oh, don't, you're being political. Yeah. My question is, like, so what? What do you mean I'm being political? God called me to be everything, to take his word and his values into every sphere. And only the devil doesn't want us to take it into the political world. Only the devil wants the church to be silent. Because let me tell you, the atheists, Marxists, the leftists, they are being very active in the political sphere. And we are, patriots have died so that we could be active politically. 
So to act like that's a dirty word, that's just crazy. And then you have really crazy people, many in the church, throwing around the term Christian nationalism, which is completely made up nonsense. It's just absolute nonsense. But there's some Christians that are so timid, all you got to do is throw a term like that at them. They're like, oh, oh okay, and then I'll be quiet. <laughs> and that's what, that, that's what not the Nazis and Hitler did to the church in Germany. They just scared them into silence. And I think to myself, wow, where is your faith? Uh, so we're, this is really just a, a call to battle, that this is a spiritual battle, there's evil in the world, and the Lord has deputized his church to stand against it. And he will not force us, but he calls us to the battle. To me, it's an exciting thing, and that's why I said, if you go to the website, uh, lettertotheamericanchurch.com, there's some things how you can get involved, because to me, this is just about the church being the church. That, that's really what this boils down to, is the church being the church. And I think it's an exciting thing, you know, that, that we're living in a moment when it really matters. What every single person listening right now, what you do matters and could be the tipping point, that's an exciting thing. So I, I hope people will get excited with hope at what could happen if we step up. And you've made a good point in this documentary about the past being repeated because you show the relevant lessons that we can learn from Germany at what's going on today. And it's amazing when you look in the, the documentary of how you compare what we're seeing with normal things today and didn't take us back to the 1930s uh, when all these other things were, were happening in the 40s. You said one thing there that I had never thought about, but it is kind of shocking. You say the church that that goes around and is playing church, people that are playing Christians, they're an abomination to God. That's, per, that's I mean, pretty strong. They're, they're, well, sure it is. But, I mean, what is more wicked than Christians giving lip service? You see this all through the Scripture. The most wicked thing, to give lip service to God and not to do His will. Jesus uh, was the strongest against the Pharisees knew the Bible backwards and forwards, and they did not do what it said. They did not have eyes to see when the one uh, who, who had created them, who created the world, was, was standing in front of them. I mean, it is a scary thing when people who are talking about God are not obeying God, and when people are talking about what the Bible says and they're not doing what the Bible says. It's amazing and chilling. And so, you know, we need to get serious. This is, this is it. This is real. We're living in a time when getting this really matters. All right, so Eric, again, now tell people how they can actually do a, a showing at their church of this. This is getting ready to come out. All they got to do is go to the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Okay. Lettertotheamericanchurch.com has uh, the form you can fill out, and you can have a free screening at your church. I'm excited about getting the message out. Obviously, the book has been out for a year and a half. There's, there's a study guide, but the film, which is fantastic, is free to churches only. Uh, anybody else can go online and watch it for a few bucks, but to churches, to do screening churches, it is free. If you just go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, there's all kinds of other information at lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Now, will it eventually come out where, you know, there will be a hard copy of this? I, be I believe so. I'm not, I'm not sure. Most people are watching it online. My guess is yes, but I don't know when that will be. So you have to, if you go to a website, it's always updated, so we'll all be there at lettertotheamericanchurch.com. All right, folks, well, we've been visiting today with Eric Metaxas, and uh, excellent opportunity here to wake up your church and wake you up as well as a Christian and get busy and doing something for the Lord right now, not putting it off till tomorrow anymore like we've been doing. Eric, thanks so much for being with us here on Crosspoint. My privilege. God bless you. At just the right time. It just fits into what is happening in your life that day. Just when you need it most. 
Thanks for making us a part of your day. 91.7 The Word. Back now here on Cross Point, uh, now talking with Matt Staver from Liberty Council. And uh, Matt, <laughs> I've been talking to Eric Metaxas, and uh, he was talking about, we looked at uh, letters to the American church about what happened years ago and what's happening now. And you're fighting what's happening right now with Liberty Council. You've, I, I've looked at your uh, work there at the ministry, and you're addressing everything from the you know, World Health Organization to cryptocurrency uh, to all the things for the transgender stuff. You're a very busy person, and your whole team is. Yes, in fact, we are. We have a lot of things going on uh, with Liberty Council and our sister ministry, Liberty Council Action, our 501c4, from all the issues in the courts around the country all the way up to the United States Supreme Court to what's happening in public policy in our nation's capital on the state level as well, and, of course, internationally with the World Health Organization, the digital central bank digital currency, and some of those issues, all of which have a central theme, and that is they impact our freedom, our religious liberty, our right to life, and uh, God's definition of family. Well, we definitely have an undercurrent in our country that's uh, trying to destroy the very foundation uh, that we uh, were founded upon. Uh, I mean, we've got the situations of working towards a castless society. Uh, you've got especially the LGBTQ stuff. I mean, your organization is constantly battling somebody in this area. Tell people a little bit about what Liberty Council does and how people can work with you and stuff that uh, they can find out more about your organization? Well, Liberty Council, we founded it, my wife and I, in 1989, and we are focused on three primary areas, religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and God's design for marriage and family, and we do that through litigation, education, and through public policy all over the country. We've had many cases that have set precedent. In fact, uh, for the very beginning of Liberty Council, we fought to overturn Roe versus Wade, and we also fought to overturn the 1971 decision of Lemon versus Kurtzman, which did terrible damage to the First Amendment, free exercise, free speech, and establishment clauses of the Constitution. Both of those were overturned, as uh, we know, in 2022, and the implications are staggering, huge. I just argued yesterday at the Florida Supreme Court in defense of life, asking the court to disapprove this Planned Parenthood and ACLU ballot that they want to put on the upcoming November election because it violates Florida law. And we'll have a ruling on that case sometime between now and the beginning of April the 1st. So lots of cases that we are working on across the country. And uh, all the work that we do is pro bono at no cost to our clients. We're a ministry, a 501c3 ministry. And our website is lc.org. That's lc.org. Now, I also know that uh, I was always seeing something popping up on a battle you were having during COVID. Uh, and still, I guess, are in some areas where people losing their jobs, uh, being you know reprimanded in some way. And uh, you had to take a lot of uh, issues there with those different uh, things. People, I guess, were contacting you all the time trying to get some help. Oh, we had probably about 40,000 individual wow. people that we represented, and of those people, many of them represented tens or hundreds, uh, in some cases a few thousand people within their workplace. 
And we were one of the leaders, if not the, in fact, we were the leader in litigation on these cases around the country. We took a lot of heat at the very beginning. We had people that pushed back against us, even friends that uh, just said, oh, no, you just need to follow these mandates. We said, well, the mandates are unconstitutional and they're wrong and they're harmful. And we litigated a map of churches. We took a couple of cases to the Supreme Court twice. We won five to four in December of 2020, and then again went back to the Supreme Court, won six to three in February of 2021. And that was the beginning of the end of all the mandates on the churches. So they fell after our victory at the United States Supreme Court. We then uh, began helping uh, military and many other people, healthcare workers, students, employees all over the country in 2021 when these COVID shot mandates came out from the Biden administration. And we obtained a nationwide injunction, actually a global injunction against uh, the United States Department of Defense and the U.S. Marines to protect all of the men and women in the services. And we litigated on behalf of other military branches as well. We then worked with many, many students to get them back into school. Some of them only had another semester to go. They were going to kick these students out after all the hard work that they were in. Some of these were medical students. They already finished their four years of degree. Now they were in their internship they were going to be kicked to the side of the curb. We were able to help them. Then we had organ transplant patients that were taken off the organ transplant list, and it was life or death for them. So we're still working with some of those. Most of those have already resolved, however. And then we worked with a lot of healthcare workers, and we still have a couple of healthcare worker cases going on, big cases against New York and Maine. We got the nation's first and only class action lawsuit settlement as a result of our lawsuit against a large healthcare employer in Illinois, $10.3 million in the lawsuit, which ultimately compensated about 500 people who were terminated. They have been allowed to go back to work at their same seniority level with back pay, and all the policies in the hospital have now been changed to protect religious freedom. So some of these cases are still going on, uh, but we have been on the forefront from this issue since uh, March of 2020 is when our first litigation happened. Now, Matt, I know that uh, you have, on Liberty Capital, you have action, which is uh, information you put out. And I talk to people all the time, and they say, well, uh, what's the situation with, um, you know, how do you find out this information? What do you tell people and how to make contact with you uh, so that they can get information that they need to know about what's going on in our country? Well, the easiest way is to contact uh, us through the website, lc.org, and we have a lot of information there. We also have a legal help form. If you have a question or need help with regards to anything uh, respecting religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, uh, marriage and family, uh, you can go to that website, click on the legal help tab, and then that'll come right to us and we will follow up. Or if you're dealing with churches, your pastors, we have a section called churches and lots of information about what pastors and churches can do with respect to political activity and other issues as well, how to protect your, your church, your church school. All of that's there. Click on lc.org and then right there on the front tab, uh, the top, is the tab churches. So click on that. And churches can become affiliate churches with our affiliate uh, church ministry program as well. Now, notice that you are not afraid to take it on certain people. The World, World Economic Forum is a big group, but you jump right in there with those kind of folks. 
Yeah, we're not afraid, no matter what the uh, opposition looks like. Uh, we're going to assess the situation and determine whether or not uh, what the law and the facts are. And obviously, we're going to make a determination, does it fit within our mission, religious freedom, life, and family? Also, uh, you know, what kind of a restriction, what kind of threat this is? And so with regards to the World Health uh, Organization and the World Economic Forum, there is this global effort. In fact, Joe Biden is pushing to unilaterally sign America on to a substantial revision of the World Health Organization's international health regulations, about 300 new amendments that would change the WHO from an advisory global entity to one that is legally binding on the member nations, which includes the United States of America. So you, you ask, how can they do that? Well. If you go back to 1948, 1948 is when the WHO was founded. That's when we actually ratified the treaty, and we had the two-thirds vote that's required by the Senate. Well, later on, 1969, the WHO came up with this international health regulations. They're very minimal. In 2005, George uh, W. Bush, in his second term, unilaterally signed on to these revised international health regulations, and he did it saying, well, I don't need to get Senate approval because... It's already part of a treaty. I'm just taking it to another level. And he wasn't challenged. Barack Obama did the same thing. George H.W. Bush actually was part of a climate treaty that was ratified. And Obama signed the Paris Agreement, which if you go to their international regulations and you go to the WHO or the UN, it says that the Paris Agreement is a binding legal agreement on all the nations, including the United States of America. He signed on to it because George H.W. Bush had previously overseen the ratification of the original climate treaty. So now, what's Joe Biden going to do? He wants to unilaterally sign on to this extensive rewrite of the international health regulations that will make those regulations and any dictates that the WHO says mandatory, binding, legally, on the United States of America. And if he does that... Uh, we will have a completely different scenario because instead of being able to challenge these restrictions that we challenged in court since the uh, 2020, uh, those would no longer come under the United States courts. They would go to the world courts in Geneva. Uh, those would be under the United Nations, and we would not have the same kind of ability to challenge them. He's been very uh, ineffectual in his mandates. Many of them, most of them, frankly, all of them have been shut down. They have been ruled unconstitutional, except for one, and it fizzled out, and that was regarding the um, providers that take Medicare or Medicaid. That is gone. Uh, but he has lost time and time again. So how does he ultimately get his way? He moves it to an international venue, and that's what he's trying to do. The meeting of the WHO is coming up in May, and we're asking Congress to do two things, pass H.R. 79 that would defund the WHO and pass H.R. Uh, 1425 and S. or Senate uh, Bill 444. That would require any agreement with the WHO to receive two-thirds majority vote of the United States Senate. So those bills are very critical. They need to be passed. They need to be passed soon. And we have a website that details all this called lc.org forward slash WHO. It's lc.org forward slash WHO.
Now, how do you find out about these things that are happening? Do, do people call you and say, hey, we've got an incident here we want to inform you about? Or are you watching? you got people out there that's watching certain agencies and things, uh, news items? Yeah, we actually have a, a very good researching team that watches news items and that does a lot of independent, in-depth uh, research. And we have been very much leaders in a lot of this research. Uh, but we have a good research team. We meet uh, every day. And, in fact, uh, that uh, goes over all of these different uh, uh, amendments and issues that we face. Plus, we also get informed by individuals. So, Matt, you was telling us about what's going on. What about America's sovereignty? Can't Congress put a stop to a lot of this stuff? I know you say that they can sign things, but cannot like another president who's got a different idea, can they not take uh, you know, executive powers and, and stop some of this? Well, let's look at the WHO. In fact, if you go back to President Trump's uh, term, he pulled America out of the WHO. But based upon the previous agreements, there's a time frame that you have to allow to expire. So when you make a decision to pull out, the clock starts ticking, and there's a time frame of a certain set number of months, and then it becomes effective. So he did it later in his presidency, and it would have become effective had he been... Uh, again, able to take the oath of office on January 20, 2021, it would have become effective shortly thereafter. But Joe Biden took the oath of office, and what he did was he reversed it, and he put us right back in. So if you have a president other than Joe Biden in, and they're uh, elected in November, they can reverse this, yes. But if you have Joe Biden in, no, it's going to stay the same way. And the only option that we have is Congress is going to have to defund it. Congress is going to have to work very hard and take this seriously. And so that's what we're trying to get Congress to do now, because where we are is May is coming up before the election. And if Biden signs it, we're talking about May. And there is no election until November, and there's not any swearing into office until January of twenty. 25. So that's why time is of the essence for Congress to act now. Okay. Well, again, let people know if, like you say, you do step pro bono. So you need support. You need uh, people out there that can uh, help you. And so people want to receive your newsletter, find out more about you, uh, be one that helps support you, or maybe they've even got an issue they'd like to run by you and uh, see if you could help with. How would they do that? Yeah, they go to our website, lc.org, lc.org, and you make a good point. If people want to follow us and learn and keep involved about all these different things that you are talking about, right there on the lc.org front page, you can click on subscribe, and there's a number of different things that you can subscribe to free, and our emails are included. So you can subscribe to those emails, and they will give you information Regarding, for example, the WHO, regarding the case that I just recently argued at the Florida Supreme Court on the issue of abortion and these other cases uh, and other issues, and there'll be not only information, but how you can get involved and take action and make a difference. Okay, well, we know you're a busy guy. Look forward to talking to you again, finding out more. God bless you for all the work you do, because we need uh, people like you out there that's not just patriots, but Christians uh, that are out there defending for the right reason and trying to make a difference in the world we now live in. And we appreciate everything you do there at Liberty Council. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your program. Well, folks, uh, a lot to talk about today. 
a lot of information that you were given. And uh, folks, everybody's out there. They're working hard. Uh, they're trying to inform people of what's going on because they know what's happening in our world and what it says and how it uh, works against what I'm holding here in my hand, the Holy Bible, God's Word. God's Word is the center of everything, folks. And that's what a lot of people's out there trying to do is defend principles that we were given as children of God out of God's Word. Why? Because the Bible is... It's the book that everybody needs to be reading. Your life will never be complete until you do read the Bible and understand and study and study and study those scriptures because they're in the inspired words of God and they're never, ever outdated. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNAO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri 64850 or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online at kneo.org. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.